For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Mass casualty events are coming fast and furious here in the South. Charleston, Chattanooga, Lafayette. Is there a method to this madness? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And I'll tell you, I noticed a while ago, and I told you about it right away, I have can't help but see a pattern getting more and more obvious where the headlines, news events fit right into what's already in the news, what's already the agenda item for what the media wants to talk about or uh, what the government wants to, what the you know politicians want us to focus on. And I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago because... Donald Trump had said this thing uh, about uh, illegal immigrants or immigrants are rapists. <laughs> and he said other stuff like couching it, but really not too much. He said, I'm sure some of them are nice people, but they are rapists, too. And right after that, there was the story of the illegal immigrant in San Francisco who killed a woman randomly, apparently on the pier. And I heard and it just fit right into what they to, to Donald Trump being in the headlines already on this uh quote of his so and then i just I, I didn't even pay attention to it really but then i started hearing some weird details about this the guy found a gun by his feet he found a sleeping pill and he took it he doesn't really remember what happened i mean and and then so i looked into it a little bit and the guy hardly spoke english he seemed almost mentally impaired i did a blog post on it, if you want to look at it monicaperezshow.com but i really only just mentioned it on the air because it was I thought there the media doesn't really care how perfectly the facts fit the meme they're trying to push they'll shoehorn the facts in or just not really dig that deeply as long as it supports what they have in the headlines already then a few days later El Chapo the murderous uh drug boss of the Sinaloa cartel makes this incredible escape from a Mexican prison. He tunnels out. And within 24 hours of this, like, most wanted man in North America making his escape, he or whoever runs his Twitter account tweets an angry tweet to Donald Trump, like, I'm going to get you for what you said, you know, something crazy like that. It was just preposterous to me to think that this guy within 24 hours of tunneling out, is taking the time and the risk to uh, to tweet to Donald Trump and that he was even paying attention to that level of news within the hours before and after his escape. It's ridiculous. But the mainstream media all reported it. Nobody dug in. They, it just supported their agenda of wanting to bring this stuff to the fore. And 
Uh, and then it's only after that that the Donald Trump circus really exploded with McCain and Lindsey Graham, and everybody throwing mud at each other. And it just I could see that developing. And, and it's a pattern that I've noticed lately. So uh, this week I noticed that, you know, the media does pick the stuff that's already on the agenda. And that happened with this Lafayette, Louisiana shooting. White guy, uh, lone white guy, shoot, shot two people and then himself because he couldn't get out in a Louisiana movie theater. So this was at 7.30 p.m. Central Time Thursday night. And at that point, no motive was known. There was not much news, you know, that you could get from that. You heard about the shooting. That was about it. Yet I saw that the first article that came out about it in the national news was a New York Times article that the reporter tweeted out at 9.20 p.m. I have to assume that's Eastern Time. It's a New York Times reporter, which would be 8.20 p.m. Central Time, less than an hour after the shooting happened. And in that article, it said that Obama, on his way to Africa, was briefed about this shooting. And I'm thinking, who picks this stuff to brief Obama on. There are 11,000 gun homicides a year in the U.S. That's like 30 a day, if I'm doing the math right, more than that. And how would they even know to pick this? They didn't know what the motive was. It could have been, who knew? Maybe the guy followed his girlfriend in there and she was with another guy. I mean, we didn't know at that point what the motive was. Yet there were other stories in the news that I had noticed um, on that day, Thursday, a man in Sewanee killed his wife, her two sons critically injured her dad, and then he shot himself. I'm sure Obama was not briefed about that, maybe because it was domestic, but we didn't know the Lafayette thing either. There was another domestic one. Two teenage boys uh, stabbed to death almost their entire family, both their parents and I think three of their siblings. So there are five dead, stabbed in Tulsa, and I didn't hear Obama make a press conference about that. Uh, And if you want to just eliminate the domestic stuff, two weeks ago, there was a guy, 22-year-old Todd West, arrested in the New Jersey and Pennsylvania area for killing seven people, going on a rampage over several weeks, killing seven people randomly. And I I just don't think that Obama was uh, given a briefing about that within 50 minutes of the second person dying. So I feel like there are weird details about this story, too, that we can talk about. But my point is just they choose these stories to pump up because they have an agenda. And what and quite often it's like a multi uh, purpose agenda. And and that works well because the agenda is always about getting the government more power, discrediting the people. So what what do I think the agenda? I, I can see three or four different agendas that that the way the media handles these stories serves, of course, the first one. The most obvious one is the gun grab. There was uh, that day, Thursday, Obama did an interview on the BBC saying that his biggest disappointment with his presidency is not having sane and safe gun laws, whatever, in this country. But he hasn't given up yet. But that was the same day as this Louisiana thing made uh, exploded onto the airwaves. And I actually think with the gun agenda, you might think it's straightforward, but I... When I really looked into the stats, I've done it many times, it seems to me there's just no way to think that we'd be safer 
if we were disarmed. I think 2 million is the estimate of crimes that are prevented or deterred or stopped by uh, law-abiding citizens having guns, don't even have to use them half the time or most of the time. So I started to think that if the guns that we have make us safer, that alone would be a reason for the government to want to take them away. If we start realizing that we're safer defending ourselves, because in this Lafayette thing, there were two cops in the parking lot. The first initial reports from the guys on the scene were that those cops were in there 30 to 60 seconds from when the shooting started. And still people died. So if people start to realize, regular law-abiding citizen, that you're better off taking uh, your own self-defense as a personal responsibility, you're not going to stand for calls for bigger police forces, more powerful police, more um, money uh, going up to the government because you, you realize that you need them less, right? The real purpose of government is to defend you above all else. And if you can do it better yourself, that's a problem for the government. I actually don't even necessarily think the gun grab uh, is is mostly about like preventing civil unrest. I feel like it's more likely they'd like you to come out with your handgun. <laughs> so if there really is an uprising, the first movers are going to be the, the people who take uh, who, who want to defend the country with their own personal arms and you would really have no chance against tanks and stuff. So I feel like it's quite possible that the, the main reason is simply to have a controlled society, government on top, and, uh, and that's the way it is. That's the, my first. I want to know what you think is the most significant agenda item here. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I also think there's another item that's bubbling up that is very significant. It is this idea that these guys were under the radar. So we have basically what the government calls total information awareness. We have now probably the total surveillance state. Yet these guys are still there under the radar. And that makes me think there's they, they want to go deeper. They want to have a broader net. They want to kind of have you watching each other. And I'm not just paranoid about this. Wesley Clark came out, maybe it was last week, I don't know, I have the clip I'm going to play um, coming up in the show, where he says you have to identify people who are, um, who are likely to become radical and nip that in the butt. Maybe they lost a job or a girlfriend or not happy in this country. We need to get ahead of that. And later in that same like one minute clip, he talks about how people really need to be, those disloyal Americans need to be put in camps for the duration of the conflict, which we do not have a declared war, except for an Al-Qaeda who's now on our side in Syria. So I don't know what, what when that end would ever be. And I'm afraid that by classifying this kind of pre-crime idea, this pre-radicalized people and they describe dylan dylan roof the charleston shooter as as radicalized so it's not just muslims you know that those people uh that's a kind of broader net a kind of pre-crime thing that makes me a little bit nervous but there's tons to talk about uh, and i'm going to take your calls play those clips 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB-TALK this is monica perez Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 86 degrees outside the studio, 7 on the Mellish meter. Weekend weather brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. We're talking about the Louisiana shooting and what agenda that's going to push. I'm going to Paul in Decatur. Paul, you're on with Monica. 
Yeah, there are four things. These are real people in real towns that are being affected by these tragedies. We need to outlaw the real heavy weaponry. It's a threat to all kinds of people. We need to have uh, mental health help and counseling to prevent problems. We need to lock guns up so they're not stolen during thefts or break-ins of homes. And uh, uh, there's some other things we need to be doing, like other countries like England and South Korea and Germany do. They don't have nearly as many killings in those countries as the United States. Uh, so They actually, the gap wa- narrowed to where they had more uh, violent crime after they started imposing their gun laws. But I don't want to go back and forth about the stats. Just common sense-wise, don't you think that in these places where guys can shoot people like fish in a barrel, you're not better off being able to be armed? Crime- guns prevent a lot of crimes. Well, I, we're not against people having pistols and hunting rifles. Who's we? Well, there's a group called the National Mobilization for Common Sense Gun Laws. And they uh, they put a full-page ad in the uh, Atlanta Journal-Constitution in the last couple of years. Of, See, but uh, I think the common-sense so- gun law is that you should be able to defend yourself. I mean, I actually think that common sense would tell you, and I, the stats support it, that we are safer. Crime goes down. Waiting periods actually cost lives because women who are afraid of their spouse have to wait. You know, I mean, there's a lot of... Evidence and common sense would say that defending yourself is the, is your number one responsibility. Well, we're not against uh, self-defense, but a lot of these shootings are not self-defense. And um, people need to um, um, know about what's the background checks, for example, the guy in South Carolina, the... The right wing. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't get. Uh, he didn't get the gun. But if those people in the place had had their own guns, even though cop was like a minute away, they would have had a better chance. So I think that you could. I mean, obviously, people want. There's a lot of people who want the gun laws, but a lot of people who don't. Uh, who are you for? Uh, you know, whoever you are, give me a call with your point of view. 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. This is Monica Perez. Loving you. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. And we're talking about the mass casualty events, the shootings that get the media to move the agenda forward for a couple of different things. And Paul Kohler, right before the break, identified what I think are the two big things, gun control and uh, mental health screening at, at really digging in at the lowest levels for that. Uh, and I want to talk about both of those issues throughout the show. But something funny is when Paul had, I don't screen out people's calls based on their viewpoint. I like to hear everybody's viewpoint. Feel free to call 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. But what I saw, what he had told the screener was that we he um, the blurb was that he thinks that heavy weapons real heavy weapons should be banned in this country. And I honestly thought, I was like, well, only the government has the real heavy weapons. So, and I, and I thought about it for a second while I was um, during the break, and I was like, if they, why do they have super heavy weapons here at home? 
Why are police getting super heavy weapons? I think about the Boston Marathon bombing. There were 9,000 law enforcement officers. They declared or virtually declared martial law. They told people to shelter in place. They People didn't go to work, and they were really scary with their big equipment rolling down the street, banging on doors. And it was only after they went away and let people come out of their house that that Boston Marathon bomber was found, alleged, convicted now, um, found in the boat. And I realized that uh, it's that's why you want you want to defend yourself. You want to have the same guns they have because, although I think at this point because they have taken all that stuff away from us, we have the little stuff. But they know they could beat us in any kind of real revolutionary situation. And even if in a day to day world, guns do not make us safer from like crime, which they obviously do. But even if they didn't, the real criminals, when you think about who's really killed the most people, citizens of their own countries, especially if you look at the 20th century, is governments, their own governments, millions, tens of millions, even some estimates are hundreds of millions of people were killed not in wars. That adds, adds another whole many millions, but in uh, of their own oppressive regimes from Stalin to Hitler to Mao to Pol Pot. That's really what the citizens being armed is all about, is protecting you from the government. But uh, So I don't think there is any argument at all against that. But, but these stories are interesting to me because they hit the media, they dominate the airwaves, they support the agenda, and, uh, and I feel like we're being manipulated for sure. I'm going to Brian and Decatur. Brian, you're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. A long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you for letting me on the air. Great. Thanks for calling. Go. Uh, the uh, press coverage last night um, on one of the cable networks, um, I was very appalled by that because they were talking about the uh, coverage in Louisiana about how this person bought a gun from a pawn shop in Alabama. And I just did some recent research and said, well, if he's a gun dealer, he's required to do background checks and so on and so forth. Evidently, the pawn shop was not. But they did focus more on the gun control aspect on a global perspective across the United States than they did on how he got the gun, how he um, traveled to Louisiana, and just focusing more on the gun control aspects and the real concept of the story. Um, well, did you find any information about how he did get the gun? Or are these facts just not, not out there? Well, while I was on hold, I did a quick little bit of research, and in Alabama, you are required, if you are a licensed gun dealer, to do a background check uh, on every purchase of a, of a firearm. If he was supposedly denied. Dealer, I'm sorry? Say, he was supposedly denied when he applied, but repeat what you said. I didn't hear you. Okay. If you are a licensed gun dealer in the state of Alabama, the gun, the gun dealer is required to do a background check. If you are not a licensed gun dealer, there is no background check requirement, but they are also sort of liable if you are not shown of sound mind, if you're intoxicated. Uh, if, if something doesn't feel right, then you technically are not supposed to sell the weapon. My question is, I, I don't know in Alabama, is what constitutes a gun dealer in Alabama? Does a pawn shop that, that takes guns in on trade qualify as a gun seller? If so, why is there no focus on the pawn shop? It's my opinion is that they, especially after I looked into the illegal immigrant story in San Francisco and some other stories, they really 
do not care about getting the facts right. And and they are not held accountable for that. You think if it's mainstream media, somebody would fight back or sue them. They would never get away with it. But I have many, many times caught them saying things that are absolutely untrue. What that alternative media or or um, less not, not mainstream media on the internet or whatever could never get away with. So I don't think they care. They, any thread that'll help them promote their agenda, I think they just go with that and, and they know that they're on, that they're just not checked at all in that way. Right. And, and I have one other point that I would like to ask your opinion on. Okay. And then I'll hang up and listen. All right. And that is, how do you feel this liberal mainstream media will leverage this story against Bobby Jindal and his campaign for president and future politics? And I'll hang up and listen. Well, that is an interesting point. Um, I... I actually, when I first, my mother used to love Bobby Jindal. Maybe she still does. She's, my mother's a real tea partier. I'm a libertarian. She's the tea partier of the first generation where it was just about taxes and spending and small government. There was a schism, she tells me, and she was in the, stayed with the original plan. But she liked a lot of these guys, um, Ted Cruz, Chris Christie, Bobby Jindal, Marco Rubio, who made her think that was their thing. And I... But one after the other, I have debunked them as being that way. So Bobby Jindal was a Rhodes Scholar, He talked, which I consider to be very establishment. He talks about uh, uh, make, using government to promote business, which is not really a small government idea. It's just a using government sensibly, you know, idea or whatever is how they think about it. So it's my opinion that he's so mainstream, so establishment that they wouldn't come after him hardcore like they would Ron Paul. So maybe they'll throw a little bit, but I don't think this will affect him. But I did want to say one more thing about how CNN manipulated this story. There were just uh, two things I noticed. One was the original eyewitness account I heard early in the morning yesterday was about people climbing all over each other, climbing over chairs, just scrambling to get out of there. And then by the time Anderson Cooper came on, it was Lafayette is like uh, was voted the friendliest city and everybody here is super loving. We weren't running away from the um, from the problem, we were running towards it to help people. I mean, obviously, they're good people. You know, basically, they're just innocent moviegoers. There's no reason to, you know, make it seem like it couldn't have happened, like, in a nicer place. And the other thing was that head of the Southern Poverty Law Center was on CNN, and he was talking about how people like this, the scariest people in the world are these lone wolf guys. They turn to racism. They turn to, uh, he was an anti-government extremist. He was a tax protester. I guess this is all what they're saying. And, uh, and while the guy's talking, they show a picture of him walking away from his building, this guy Hauser, from his building where he owned a bar with a Nazi flag hanging off the roof. And I thought, how did they get that picture? That's a crazy picture. And it looked like very professional. And it ends up that this guy, Hauser, was interviewed on air in 2001 uh, with this Nazi flag because he was protesting his government. He said, I do not support Nazi anything. I, as a matter of fact, object to it so much that I um, was using this to demonstrate how our government is acting like Nazis. And uh, that's what I was doing. And that he got some press for that. I'm not saying his views didn't change or there's no evidence he was a bad guy. I'm just saying the picture when they were talking looked like he was at some kind of Nazi rally or flew a Nazi flag out of personal conviction, and that was totally misleading. So what what else is misleading about it as they try to to fix in your mind 
what who the big threats are here and that folds into getting ahead of potential terrorists and you know putting them in camps uh okay i'm gonna do go to um rod in lilburn roger on with monica hey rod have i got you i'm gonna put you back on hold and i'm gonna go to portia in at the ball ground hi portia hi Monica, let yeah. me make a couple of statements, and I'm going to hang up and listen to what you have to say. Okay, thank you. You know, the trial that uh, they just uh, found the guy guilty that shot the kill one cop and shot another one, and they could have given him the death sentence? Yeah, here the guy who defended himself? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we've got to feed that sucker for the rest of his life. Hey, those 12 jurors, in my opinion, let them feed him. I mean, they should have they should have given him death, and the five New York cops. Who I mean, who is this stupid judge that kept putting this guy back out on the street? He was arrested fifteen, eighteen times. Hey, if I'd have been the cop, I would have kicked his butt in that thing. All right, keep going. Let's but, hear the next who, point. And who is defending those guys? Who have you heard anything? Who is taking? No, I'm that? not following that. Give me your next point. I mean, I mean, what I'm saying is, shouldn't somebody stand up and fight for these five guys? I mean, the guy had been out there. Don't you think they were tired of arresting him? What five guys? I don't. I don't think I followed the story. So, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I'm not. I don't want to get derailed. I want to stay on point for what we were talking about. So, uh, let me go to Ann and Alpharetta. Hey, Ann, you're on Hi. with Monica. Hi. Uh, thank you for for taking my call. And um, I, I really love your show. And, and I want to go ahead and, and say up front that I totally, totally uh, agree with you on on the gun laws um, so far. I, I, I don't think it's a very good idea to have the public at the mercy of the government, where the government holds all of the power. This has never come out to be a good thing. Um, I think that we need, we do need some gun laws, but everyone has the right to protect themselves. And we're never going to be in a position to where we're able to keep someone from doing something crazy, because that's just the way it is. Someone is always going to be able to find a way to do something crazy, and it doesn't necessarily have to be with a gun. There are also a lot of things that happen with knives. Yeah, there. this guy, these two teens killed their entire family with uh, in a knife attack on um, in Tulsa on Wednesday. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a scary... Uh, you know, it's a scary world, but if you if your only self-defense is waiting for law enforcement, that's, I mean, they'll tell you themselves, that's no defense at all. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, I am going to get more to your calls right after the break. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. Hi today, 91. Hi tomorrow, 93. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate, the official air conditioning of summer. Talking about these mass casualty events and how they are uh, absolutely emphasized by the media night and day. And I think it's they've got a couple of agendas going on right now. We're talking about 
the constant agenda of trying to get people to give up their guns in this country. I'm going to Dale and Suwani. Hi, Dale. You're on with Monica. Hello, Monica. Can you hear me all right? Yes. Good. Um, I just want to say there's so many things that go through my mind as, as I've listened while I've been in hold. Uh, the whole idea of the, the large-scale weaponry that police and uh, military, I, I guess I'll have to say it, National Guard's, National Guard's always had it. And the police have it because as we pulled out of two wars, there was excess equipment and it was sold, either sold or given by federal grants to these local law enforcement com- or law enforcement agencies. Now that's, that's my understanding. If you have better information, I'd love to. No, but I don't. But I'd rather them throw it in the ocean than use it against us. If the I point agree with you, one hundred. Yeah. Okay, good. Absolutely. Yeah. The reason that we have a Second Amendment is because we do not ever want to be ruled by a tyrant. We do not ever want to have martial law across this country. And I pray to the Lord that we will never have that. I don't. Also, I don't want the wild, wild west. Um, I, I don't want it feel like I have to have a carry permit and take a gun into church or a gun into um, into when I want to go see a movie. But those are the th- places where, it, you know, if, the, if you don't have the guns, that's where these guys go. Yeah, and, and so then we are looking at the wild, wild west. Yeah, that's the thing. The wild west is when only the outlaws have the guns. Uh, unfortunately, the wild west was when everybody had guns, and the outlaws were true outlaws that didn't care and shot whoever they wanted to shoot. I mean, that's a very simplistic way of looking at it. Yeah, yes, I should have said that. That's right. I, I, but the problem was with outlaws then as it is now. And at least you had a chance to defend yourself. I was reading Patrick Henry's objections to switching from the Articles of Confederation to the Constitution, and he said that he saw the potential of the Congress taking guns away and then we would be at their mercy and you might as well call it a day because that was the big threat against the American Revolution and the American experiment. He saw we had to have guns in order to defend ourselves against tyrannical government. That was a basic founding principle of this country. Next, uh, I do. Ethan is going to give us a little bit more about the history of this country, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show.